the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Salem Media Group. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, excuse me. (laughs) Welcome back. Oh, it's been uh, interesting, hasn't it? Market's going up several hundred points in each direction every day. And it's got to get your, uh, well, I guess your temperature up if you're watching it. um, It's interesting, though. It really hasn't changed a whole lot. Just a lot of rhetoric going on right now. It's uh, interesting to see how this all shakes out in the the long run. And actually, it looks like the equal-weighted S&P 500 is actually doing a little bit better. Then the market cap waited. What do you know? It's been a long time since that's happened. And, uh, huh, very interesting. So anyway, if you have a phone call, question, or comment, you know, I thought I would talk a little bit about things I'm, I'm hearing from people. Um, a lot of people are kind of worried. Uh, most people are generally somewhat worried. A lot of people aren't, which is also good. That's a good sign. And, um, once the things that are worrying people, you know, they're looking at the, the news, the headlines, the tariffs. Do you know uh, how small the tariffs are relative to the overall economy? I mean, that, when I'm looking at it, I'm going, wow, it's like nobody, nobody knows the math or nobody's paying attention to the math because you're not talking about a lot of stuff. What you're talking about is positioning psychologically. That's what you're talking about. Because the amount of the uh, tariffs are relatively small. I mean, you've got a an economy that's over twenty trillion. You're talking about two hundred billion. That's that's literally not a lot. <laughs> it's it's just not a lot. So if you were talking about a two or three trillion dollar tax, okay, now we're talking. But you're talking about taxing, and it's not the it's not a two hundred billion dollar tax. It's a tax on an extra two hundred billion or three hundred billion dollars. It's a tax on that. It's not that's not the dollar amount. So I'm watching this stuff, and I'm going, yeah, no, this is nothing to get upset over. When people send me articles, these people are going to be, oh, this is going to hurt, and you know, they're three billion dollars that's going to going to cost. I'm like three billion, okay. $3 billion, $20 trillion economy. You know what a trillion is? A trillion is a thousand billion. So the economy is 20,000 
billion. <laughs> uh, so it's just a, it, it's amazing today. It's so hard to get uh, news or material that's meaningful. Ninety nine percent of the stuff on the internet on television is just not meaningful, and that's what's. I guess you know I, I'm not complaining. You know why? Because it keeps me employed. <laughs> These guys put all this stuff out there, and everyone's. What do you think about this? What do you think about? Well, no, it's not that not that significant. Well, why not? I mean, look at. Okay, let me tell you. Let's explain it. So I spend a lot of time on the phone every week. Every week, I spend a lot of time just explaining stuff. And uh, you know, even uh, um, while the stock market was kind of a little overpriced, then it took a, a big dip, got right down to where it should be. Now it's kind of bounced back up again. It's like within two or three percent or so of where it was last September. So talk about a wild ride. I mean, a twenty percent drop that that recovers. <laughs> In 90 days, <laughs> that is uh, that that is different. By the way, that that's a lot different than the way things used to work. I mean that that move would take you know 18 months, not six. Yeah, so that that is different. I will I'll concede that stocks the the volatility over a shorter time period is much higher than it used to be, like a much higher, and and it's had a big effect on how stock prices move. Yeah, in the short run, in the long run, it's still going to come back down to okay. How much did you sell? How much profit did you make? What kind of valuation is that really worth? Valuation is one of those words that a lot of people get confused with. Valuation is just an estimate of what something should be selling for, what it's worth. That's all valuation is. It's an estimate of what something is worth. Okay, and there are uh, tools, one of the easiest tools. And by the way, I, you know, again, I have to apologize. I ordered these calculators because I'm going to start teaching the 60 second test. This is something you should teach your 12 year olds, by the way, because by the time they're 12, they can do it. These calculators are super simple. Uh, they don't have the advanced math on them because you don't need it. Not to be an investor. An investor, you just, you really need to understand percentages pretty well. And your basic calculators will do that. So I was going to give everyone a calculator and run them through the 60-second test at the last seminar. They didn't come in. I had ordered them six weeks in advance. They promised they would be there. They got there the day after the seminar. That figures. <laughs> so anyway, we'll go through that at the uh, the next workshop for sure. If you wanted to come into the office, you're a uh, client, and you want to come into the office, I can show it to you one-on-one. -on -one. It literally takes about... Well, 20 or 30 minutes to show you how to do it. And then you can, you'll know more, uh, why I'm saying what I'm saying about stock prices. When you pull up the top holdings in the S&P 500 and you see that, well, some of them are slightly ahead of where they might, uh, be normally, but it's not a whole lot. You'll understand why I'm saying that. Why is that important? Well, because then you can relax. See, when you're, when things are selling for prices that they are not, they, they shouldn't be kind of like that company Beyond Meat, that's selling for a price that it shouldn't be. Why are they? Do, whoa, whoa, but, but, no, 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 but. You're getting up in the, into the story. You're getting caught up into the stories. Now, see, 
there's two parts of what makes a stock attractive or an index or a fund. The first part is the story. What is going to drive the growth of that company? In some cases, the story happens to be, well, it's just nobody likes this company and it's undervalued. Okay, in some cases. But most of the time when people are talking to me, they're talking to me about a story. Okay. That, that's only half of what you need to know. That's literally half of what you need to know. So if you were to take off across the United States and you had a GPS device that only worked in half the states and you weren't allowed to buy a map and you had to be at a certain place at a certain time and you're going to actually have to find your way without a map and without a GPS, but at least you get halfway there. If you've got a GPS that only works in half the country, would you, would you, would you take that assignment? Would you try to make it there on time? Probably not. Okay. So when you come in and you're looking at a fund or stocks, the stocks that are in a fund, you have to have both sides of the equation. You, you need to have the story. That's good. How are they going to make money? But you also need to understand the finances, the math. You got to have the numbers. If the numbers don't back up the story, you've only got half of what you need. And that's the bad news. The good news is it's really easy to get that data. The even better news is you don't need a degree in finance to figure it out. In fact, if somebody had shown me this when I was, you know, at least when I was a sophomore in college, I would have quit school. I literally would have quit school. I think I wasted (laughs) I wasted an enormous amount of time and money finishing my degree because had somebody shown me this, I'd have been done. That's how simple this is. It's not that hard. See, the hard part is people come in and when they they hear me say something like that, they think that I'm going to make predictions that are going to come true, that I have a crystal ball that works. Well, no, that's actually not how it works. That is not how it works. What you're doing is you're getting you're you're trying to get to the point to where you can make a good estimate. A good estimate is better than a wild guess any day. When you come in and, and you're talking about uh, by the way, I, I know one person probably thinks I'm talking to her. That's not true. Uh the Beyond Meat thing, I've actually talked to several people about. And I had forgotten about it. Until it had come. By the way, Beyond Meat is a company. It's brand new. Symbol is BYND. And they've got these burgers or meat products that are supposedly, they supposedly taste a whole lot like real meat, real beef, and they're made from plants. So they've got, they're growing very fast. They're growing incredibly fast. They haven't made any money yet. They have no profit. You know how difficult it is to value something that has no profit? I mean, reality is your guess is probably as good as anybody's. <laughs> they haven't made any money. Okay. But they have sales. That and that is by by the way, in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of the companies that come public, they don't even have sales yet. It's not that common anymore. It was really common in nineteen ninety nine. Companies coming public that have no just an idea. That's how you know you're near a peak in a bubble. 
when companies have an idea and they can raise money just on the idea alone, or what I refer to as the story, with no experience, no revenue, okay, you know you're near a peak. Market's getting ready to, to drop fairly significantly oftentimes. And that doesn't happen all that often. And actually, Beyond Meat has revenue, and the revenue is growing very quickly. They just haven't made a profit yet. And the company is selling for 47 times the amount of total sales that they've had in the past 12 months. Think about that for a second. If somebody, if one of my clients came in and said, Bill, I need I need to ask you a question. Somebody is willing to pay me 47 years of my salary for my job. Somebody's literally willing to write me a check for the next 47 years of my salary so that they can have my job. If they don't if you don't take that, if you if anybody is ever dumb enough to make you that offer and they're serious and you don't take it, I'm firing you as a client. <laughs> you shouldn't even be coming in my Are you kidding me? Somebody's going to give you 50 years worth of your salary just to take over your job and you're not going to take that? Well, that's what Beyond Meat is selling for. <laughs> so if you're investing in that company, talk about optimistic. Holy cow. And you know what? The product is probably awesome. I've seen, I looked at the website. I've read the reviews. It's probably a great product. It's got a great story. It has no numbers. And the numbers don't support an investment. And it's really, it's just not that hard. In fact, I forgot to bring my calculator uh, uh, (laughs) to do the 60-second test, but I would run through that for you. Uh, Maybe I'll uh, pull up the one on my phone during a commercial break and then uh, try to do some of that. And uh, you got to have both, by the way. So you got to have both. When you look at a fund, you're thinking about investing in a fund. Okay, Today, you can pull up the top holdings in a fund. Actually, you can pull up all the holdings in a fund. Tons of resources that'll let you do that. So you pull up the holdings in a fund. You take the top 10 because typically the, the funds are overweighted in the top 10 stocks. Okay. And you take the top 10. If you do that 60 second test, you can get a really good idea of just how reasonably those stocks are priced. And it'll give you an idea of, of what kind of potential the stock may have. And which is really important if you're going to invest your hard earned money in it. I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? It's, uh, wouldn't you want to know how to do that? Wouldn't you want to be able to teach your 12-year-old grandchildren how to do that? Um, I got grandchildren, but they're not 12 yet. <laughs> so I'm telling them right now, every time I see them, I say, you better rest up. <laughs> they look at me like, what? <laughs> they don't know what's coming. <laughs> it's going to be fun, though. And uh, they'll like it. I'm sure they will. Most kids really love the stock market, by the way. You talk to them about investing companies, making money. It'd be really helpful if you could teach them the 60-second test uh, because you got to have the math. And by the time they're 12, they've already learned enough in school to understand what you're going to be telling them. And uh, so that that's, I haven't date, made the date for the next seminar, by the way. Uh, and if you want to come in the office, part of the, uh, uh, the free get-to-know-you meeting that we offer everybody, the other is I, I'll go through that for you. It's it's not hard, and I've written it down. 
So I can hand you the, the instructions. And uh, so if you want to come in, and, and the, if you're a client and you want to come in, you want to go through that, give me a call. The, uh, I'll go through it with you. It's very important. It's an important thing. It's kind of like learning how to drive a car if you live in America. You know, in America, you know, cars are very important because we got we don't have that many people given the amount of land that we have. Think about it. China has the same amount of livable land that we do. 1.3 billion people. India has got a third of the land that we do and has 1.2 billion people. On a third, three times, almost, well, no, four times the population, one-third of the land. Holy cow. So what I'm saying is in, in India and in China, uh, you've got, you're probably not going to travel across the country to get what you need. Um, so you don't necessarily have to have a car. It would be a nice thing to have. But in a lot of countries, especially in Europe, you can take the train you know, you can take public transit. Not so much in the United States. So you got to learn how to drive a car. My whole point behind this is to drive a car, you got to be 16, which is actually a few years older than you need to be able to understand investing. And you got to, you got to take a test. It's a written exam and you have to, to practice for 50 hours. You got to have 50 hours of practice. They should have the same exact thing for investing because what is in the long run and what's more important? I guess learning how to drive safely is actually really important. <laughs> you should get to know that pretty young too, because uh, when you get older, you just get worse. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, this is at least as important. You know, understanding finances, personal finances, understanding investing. The chances of you being able to accumulate enough money to retire by investing in something that's safe or guaranteed, like CDs or government bonds, is extremely remote. It's extremely remote. Not quite as remote as the Cavs going undefeated in one year. Never mind no team in the NBA has ever done that. <laughs> and highly unlikely. But that's got a, a better chance of you accumulating enough money to retire in something that's safe. Think about that for a second. So when I say safe, I mean as guaranteed completely. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. I'll be right back. I know how hopeless feels. And we're back. Hey, if you have any questions or comments, you can tell, call us, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. By the way, you can find a copy of this show on my website. It's bullingtoncapital.com. Or you can go to 955thefish.com and download it as a podcast. So we're just kind of talking about you know getting to know the numbers a little bit, uh, being able to use the 60-second test. Again, I apologize to everybody. The calculators didn't come in the very next seminar, and I'll, I'll teach this on an ongoing basis because it's not a, it's not very difficult. It really isn't. In fact, a lot of what you can know about finance is not all that difficult. The one of the biggest problems that I see is that there's an awful lot of stuff written that's not that significant. You know, it may apply to one in a couple hundred people occasionally, and people will write pages on that one particular item when really 
it's not going to come up that often. And for the vast majority of us, it's not that big a deal. You know, so having to read stuff like that actually discourages people who come into the field thinking, yeah, I'm going to get this. I want to, and the first book they go out is investing for dummies and, and 95% of that book, it doesn't pertain to them and it's, and it's difficult and it's written by academics who don't speak English. <laughs> it's pretty tough. So anyway, uh, that's part of the whole get acquainted meeting. When people come in, I show you what we do. I show you why we do it. I'll show you that I'm going to add the 60 second test to it right now. So you should probably plan on about an hour because <laughs> uh, that's about how long it takes. And after an hour, I think you get a, a pretty good idea of the process that we use, the process that I think everybody should be using, whether it's with me or not, doesn't really matter. Uh, if you have a financial advisor and they don't know this stuff, send them, I'll show them. I don't, you know, I really don't have a problem with that. Yeah. In fact, the more people that uh, get this, not, and I didn't get this knowledge. I mean, I wasn't born with it. There were people that shared it with me and I had to learn a lot of stuff that didn't really work that well, the hard way. You know, that's one of the great things about experience. Um, experience is a good teacher. It takes a long time to get it. And I've always said experience is the best teacher, especially when it's someone else's experience. If I don't have to live through that, sweet, <laughs> that's sweet. I'll just take it and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I test it. You know, everything I do, everything I say, you can go home, look it up on Google. Uh, you can find out and you can verify. You know, you can actually verify it. So, Anyway, uh, you know, I think that's very important. I think the educational process is very important. Uh, I think looking at stocks, you know, it's, people look at the wrong things. They they get caught up in the wrong things. Um, if you looked at it from somebody who's a business owner standpoint, I think it, it helps you out a lot. Take some of the mystery out of it. Take some of the uh, fear out of it. That's a big one. If you can reduce the amount of fear you have um, in your investing, that is huge. Because most people are pretty fearful when it comes to stocks in the stock market. For good reason. I mean, think about it. If you're retiring and you retired November 2007, and you saw that, well, the stock market's got really good returns, so I think I'll put you know 100% of my money in stock because I need to make about 10% a year. And I'm, I've heard somewhere that the S&P 500 averages 10% a year. So I'm going to put all my money in there. And a year later, or actually 18 months later, you've been taking money. I've been taking 10% of your money out and the market's dropped over 50%. Now you're down to about 35% of the money you started with. And if you keep taking out the same money that you started with, you're going to be broke. You're literally going to run out of money. So the best idea is not to do that is to understand, you know, that's not how markets work. It, you can't guess and jump in and jump out. That is, that's brutal. And a lot of the things that used to work 10 or 15 years ago don't work anymore. You know, there were some things that you could do that would actually help you out here. They don't work. doesn't mean you can't improve your performance. You just can't, you're probably not going to be able to do what you think you might be able to do or want to be able to do. And, uh, but if you try hard enough, and you look at it, you're pragmatic, you can come up with a plan. You can come up with a plan. A plan may involve working longer than you wanted to, by the way. I see people constantly, you know, and they've got, they've done very well. They've saved up enough 
uh, well, they saved up a lot of money. Um, but to be able to, to spend 4.5% a year, which is what one of the bigger money management firms on the planet recommends, to be able to spend that 4.5% and not run out of money because you're going to have to increase that for inflation over time. Yeah, you know, that to, to generate $45,000 off your investments, you need a million bucks. Let me say that again. To generate $45,000 at 4.5% off your investments, you need a million bucks. Now, granted, by, and by the way, that 45000 is going to have to go up over time because of inflation. So that's why they're recommending what a lot of people consider to be a, a low rate. They'll look at a rate of, well, the stock market's average 10% a year. Yeah, but the market drops 50% every once in a while. I hope it doesn't drop 50% anytime soon, but it's done it multiple times during my lifetime. So you got to figure it could happen. And if it did happen and you were spending more than that 4.5%, you'd, you'd be in big trouble. You'd be in really big trouble. So that's kind of a uh, part of the whole retirement planning process, kind of getting an idea. And incidentally, if you're not 100% in stock, okay, then the 4.5% return, I'm sorry, if you're not 100% in stock, you're, you're just not going to make a lot of money. There are no guaranteed investments that are paying returns higher than 4.5% a year that don't have risk. They have risk. Uh, the people that are representing those products may not be telling you that, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just going to assume that they don't know any better. As you know, it doesn't take a lot to get a securities license or an insurance license. You got to take a lot of classes. You have to answer all the questions the right way, but that's all memorization. It doesn't mean you understand it. And after a, you know, a few years, some of this stuff starts to sink in once you've been in the industry for a long time. But even then, I'm telling you, some people just memorize their way through life and they really don't understand it. So I'm going to just give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you want to, if, here's a little thing you can do at home to, to figure out approximately where the highest, safer returns that you can get are, is go online, go to uh, wallstreetjournal.com. Or actually, you can go into the library and pick up a, a Barron's or a Wall Street Journal. Won't have to pay anything. So they've got a section in there on markets, and it shows the interest rates on government bonds, on corporate bonds, on mortgage-backed securities. There's a bunch of things in there. And I guess, you know, maybe at the next seminar, I'll, I'll bring that up too and show you. So you can see where the safer returns really are. And when you ever when you see a return... It's an interest rate or return that's more than 1% to 2% higher than that. That's because there's risk there. That's because there's risk there. And it could be a ton of different kinds of risk. It could be credit risk or interest rate risk, market risk. The um, But there's risk there. So if you're looking at a Barron's or the Wall Street Journal, you can look up or just Google the highest guaranteed interest rates. You'll get a bunch of ads up there. Uh, you have to go through it. And again, at the next next workshop, I'll show you where that is. And why am I doing this? Um, because it helps me. If I can educate you, help you increase your knowledge, in other words, then it helps me when I'm working with you. So because then you know. You can go and look and see and compare and go, oh, okay, I get it. You know, a lot of fixed annuity products out there, 
that guarantee these big bonuses and they say they have no fees. No, really? No fees? Nowhere? Anywhere? How do you pay your light bill? How do you buy paper? Uh, that's the one that kills me. You shouldn't be allowed to say that, by the way, because everything has fees in it. Even the mutual funds that have 10% are a point ten, you know, like 10 basis points. There are costs there that they don't have to disclose. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. There are costs there that they do not have to disclose. And so that the fee that they are showing is the one that they have to disclose. But um, so if you want to have a conversation about that, I'd be glad to talk to you about it, how that comes out. And uh, well, here's here two word, here's a word for you. It's called drift. And you can look that one up. I'm not going to bother explaining that. But drift, you see a fund, you see the underlying underlying index, you see the performance of the actual fund. And the way that they explain that is called drift. And I'm going to interpret that for you really quickly before I move on to the next topic. It's a cost. <laughs> That's what it is. Drift is a cost. And uh, so I'll leave that alone. We can talk about that more at uh, uh, upcoming workshops and seminars. And I, I think it's kind of silly too, by the way, because it, it is a relatively small number. It's not a uh, gigantic, it's not like they're charging you four or 5% a year or something like that. The way that a lot of these uh, hedged, Annuities work. Uh, if you get an annuity, it's got the word hedge or guaranteed principal uh, in uh, market participation in the same description. That one has a lot of cost. And the costs there are rarely discussed or disclosed. Um, so it takes a lot to look at one of those. And, uh, and again, if you have a product like that, you want me to take a look at it. Yeah, if you're a client, then no problem. Uh, if you want to come in for a, uh, um, no cost meeting, you can bring that paperwork with you. I will need to see a copy of the statement and a copy of the policy to be able to go through and, uh, find that stuff. By the way, those, the prospectuses or not prospectuses, the, um, the policies are written by Philadelphia lawyers and the only lawyers I know are from Cleveland. <laughs> see, the Philadelphia lawyers are supposed to be, uh, really good for some reason that they created really long documents that were very hard to read for a very long time period. Uh, and you'd have to be my age to understand that joke. <laughs> so if you're younger, if you're a millennial, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, Hey, and if you have a phone call, question or comment, you can always call us 216-901-0945, The Yeah. Um, let me see. I was going to talk, I was going to put this off a little bit, but I thought I might talk a little bit about the, uh, um, course I've been working on for forever. It seems like and I haven't, haven't released it yet. <laughs> and, uh, when I'm looking at scans, you know, anybody that's listened to this show for a long time period knows that I look at scans and I still look at scans, uh, every day, actually. Yeah. It's interesting to me to see what's happening in financial markets, oftentimes it leads to understanding like the larger picture. Like if you go back and listen to this show, if you're able to pull up some of the archives, you'll notice that we were talking about 5G several years ago. Several years ago. And we were talking about how it's going to develop and now it's developing. And we we're talking about how you might be able to make money out of uh, that. And guess what? Some people have made money. 
And it's a rough ride because you're talking about technology. But when you talk about several years ago, say 2016, okay, they semiconductor index is, is up from 2016. It's up 82%. That's a lot <laughs> in a fairly short time period. And you know what? I don't think it's over. And anybody that got invested in this in 2017 is going, well, I'm only up about 11%. And I was down. I was down a lot for a while. Well, yeah, well, it's because how, it's kind of how stocks work. That's just how they work. Give it enough time, though. And if the growth rate's high enough, woohoo! The uh, And I think everybody ought to have a little bit of this in their portfolios. Everybody all, and, and by the way, if you have a diversified portfolio, if you've got funds, large cap, mid cap, small cap, international market, all those categories, you've got some in there. They're in there. It's one of the reasons that the, the stocks have done well is because those are included in those indexes. I like to overweight that a little bit. I'm overweight in it now. My own personal portfolio, a lot of my clients' portfolios, not it, we don't have 80% of money. An overweighting is like 20% of your stock amount. And if you're only 50% in stock, then you've only got 10% in that. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, you need to rewind that and listen to it a gazillion times. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, At some point in time, I'll put this stuff up as a podcast. That way you can pause it, go back, listen to it. Because I know I say a lot of things that, that do require you know a calculator occasionally. And I've done it for so long. Sometimes, Most of the time I can do a lot of this stuff in my head. A lot of the times, not. But anyway. So the semiconductors is a uh, is a good thing to have if you've got diversified portfolios probably already in there. If you wanted to overweight that, I have a model. Um, if you wanted to come in and take a look at it again, doing those uh, the free meetings, uh, you'll come in and you'll tell me what you'd like to do, and I'll tell you what I think uh, the best way to achieve that might be. And there's no cost or obligation. You just uh, you know show up and um, we'll talk. And we do that quite often. It doesn't even have to be in the office. It could be on the phone. Um, this is the, uh, you know, the number of people who can retire and not have to cut back on their lifestyle is it's like one in 20. Literally. It's about one in 20 households are going to be able to retire and not have to cut back during retirement. So if you're in that, that group, congratulations. You know, you're actually ahead of 19 out of 20 people households out there. As 19 out of 20 are going to have to make some fairly significant cuts. And isn't that exactly what you want to do when you reach retirement age is cut back. <laughs> I mean, most people just, you know, are looking forward to retirement to be able to do a lot of the things they didn't have time to do while they were working. Uh, now that I hear the music, that means I have to take a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned. I will be right back. And we're back. Listen to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. You can also find a copy of this on my website, BullingtonCapital.com, or you can go to 955thefish.com, and it's carried as a podcast there as well. I'm going to go right to the phones now. I got Jerry. Jerry, how you doing? 
Hey, good morning, Professor Bullington. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Uh, first, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes. Yep. Actually, I, I just got off the phone with my mom right before I came in and did the show. I'm missing my mom dearly. We lost her last year, but she's uh, still in her heart. She'll be there forever. Um, near that. Bill, uh, how many shares of uh, Uber did you buy this week? Zero. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, remember the first part of the today's show when I said that there's got to be numbers and not just a story? Uber, just because they lose $2 billion a year, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to people who uh, don't care about losing their money. Is there any point that you would uh, consider investing in Uber with I mean, right now, I have no idea. It doesn't even have a price earnings because it doesn't have a, a uh, profit. Right. No, there's a, uh, yeah, there's no profit. And I'm trying to, I'm going to look up the uh, revenue. I didn't even bother, really. I mean, when I look at the the market value that it has right now, based on its share price, is around $69 billion. And It started out at $82 billion, though. Yeah. And I didn't... Uh, I didn't look up the amount of revenue there. I, I looked it up a long time ago, and it was just ridiculous. I mean, it, it the, the fact that they're able to, to sell something to the general public like that, you know, that's one area where China has us beat. The, uh, Chinese, the Chinese government won't allow a stock to go public at more than 20 times earnings, which assumes that they, which means that they have to have earnings. <laughs> yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense to me. I was just going to say, when does the SEC get involved with that and say, hey, you well, you know what? In America, it's considered, you know, the, the, uh, thought process buyer beware. No, if you if you don't do your homework, then you get what you you know deserve. Basically, that's what they're saying, and so you wow. have to know you know things like what are the sales? How do they have sales? How much are their profits? How much have they had historically? And it's really tough. And when these guys, well, they, they obviously have sales, but they're losing money. Their their burn rate is incredible. Yeah. So that's one of those things. If if you were to to kind of uh, have the graph of the pyramid with the risk, where the government short term treasuries on the bottom, and options on the top, well, this one would be a few thousand feet above the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I would think. I would think. I I mean, is there any chance? I mean, there's got to be some chance at some point they may be profitable and actually. Yeah, be worth something. Yeah, maybe, maybe be- you know, maybe a few years from now, um, it might be. And by the way, since you brought that up, I get a lot of people talking about, you know, they're they're always talking about the pot stocks, and or at least I, I get a lot of questions on that. And you know what? There are a lot of medical uses for uh, cannabis, and I have mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that there are going to be companies that are going to do very well in that space. But it's too early. It's like you're. It's like they're 1999 in the uh, internet stocks. None of the companies have a lot of sales. Uh, very few of them them have any profit at all, and the share prices are way ahead of where they should be. And and yeah, if you look sure. back, and this is one of the things I like to point out to people. And everybody looks at a, a chart of Amazon and they go, "Well, that's what I want, really? Okay, because Amazon got to a price level in 1999 that it didn't see again until 2009." And it went down, it went down 95%. It dropped. So, so if you put a hundred thousand bucks in there 
two years later, it was five thousand dollars. Yeah, from a hundred thousand. If you had a million dollars in there, it was down to fifty thousand bucks. A million down, and it took you ten years to climb back. So if if you can tell me honestly, if you're honest with yourself, I don't think anybody wants to do that or can do that. Mm-hmm. And I know they don't think they're going to. So that what I'm saying is that and Amazon's one of the greatest companies that's ever existed. Okay. When you look at the sales and profit growth that they've had. Sure. So you look at one of the one of the few companies that's done what Amazon's done and it still went down ninety five percent and took ten you will have plenty of opportunities to invest in any stock. At some point in time, but you mm-hmm. got but you got to watch what you're paying for it. If you if you pay too much, you can't expect to do well. You just can't. No, yeah, absolutely not. What do you think think about the autonomous vehicles and the growth that those are showing? You feel they're coming. Hey, I have a no that that that's way too early, and that, that's another thing. It's just too early. They're not. Okay. Uh, it, it's not mainstream yet. Okay. Well, do you, you don't wait till it become mainstream. For example, GM, okay, okay, uh, Jerry, what you're telling me is you want to buy Amazon at a hundred bucks, let it go down oh, to no, five, no. and then wait ten. That's what you're telling no. me because that is the same position that those companies are in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, GM has certainly a lot more than autonomous because they have a small part of their pro- program. I mean, they're doing okay. As GM is going to have to make autonomous cars, and they're going to have to knock it out of the park to stay in business. Well, I know they will. That's not an if. In order, to, in order to stay in business. Yes. Okay. Because that's the way that all cars are going. Uh huh. And at some point in time, and I, I just drove a Ford the other day. I had to rent it. I had my car worked on, so I had a rental car. I'm driving the Ford, and I happen to notice that the steering wheel is like turning when I get too close to the uh, edge, and it sure, was it was sure. doing. So I go. I. Sp- <laughs> it was really late. It was really late. So I, I'm I'm going about I don't know seventy miles an hour on ninety, you know, where it curves coming out of Westlake going towards Cleveland. So I, I yeah. took my hands off the steering wheel. Now I put I was only holding them about two inches away from the steering wheel so I could grab sure. it real quick. It steered the whole thing. Oh jeez. And it did better it did a better job than I could do. So when you're talking about autonomous cars, yeah, they're coming. It's a real thing. They're actually here. They're just not as developed as they're going to be five or ten years from now. And every manufacturer is going to have to do it. And they're all going to get more fuel efficient. They're going to get lighter. They're going to get stronger. The, uh, all that stuff is coming. And uh, that's a, uh, those are really tough businesses. And I'm not, I'm not sure I'm all that fascinated with that type of business. When you look at the history of the profit margins on automobile manufacturers, I'm just not interested. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, is, there, is there any company that wants things look attractive that you might consider is on the market today as far as semi-autonomous uh, steering? No. 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 Okay. So you th- see that the, the new companies will probably be on the forefront as opposed to the existing ones? Well, that- I think probably what happens is a lot of the legacy companies, the Fords, the GMs of the world, are going to bring this stuff in. Uh, just to be just to survive, and they already have the distribution, and they've got the demand because they have people that you know. I've, I've driven a Ford for I don't know, probably twenty years, 
The, uh, yeah. I've had five of them. The, uh, so uh, about every four years, because I just kill my cars. I put a lot of miles on them. The, uh, sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't even looked at another brand. So they've got, they've got that going for them. But, see, they have, they have to continuously innovate. And that's what I keep talking about. Hershey's hasn't made a change to this recipe for chocolate since Milton Hershey. <laughs> I mean, you know, that hasn't changed. But every year, these guys have to spend an enormous amount of money on research and development to develop all these products to keep up, just to stay in business. So there, and that's where, when you hear somebody talking about the quality of earnings, that's actually what they're talking about. Okay. They're, they're talking about, hey, Hershey's got a really fat profit margin. Coca-Cola's got a really fat profit margin. Coca-Cola's biggest problem was it got overvalued big time in the late 1990s. It got, it mm-hmm. was hugely overvalued. Warren Buffett didn't want to sell any of it because he had such a low cost basis. It would have cost him a lot in taxes. So he held on to it an entire time period. That's a rough way to go, man. I mean, because when you look at something like that, and by the way, Coca-Cola is here. Let me, well, it's it's just now slightly ahead of where it was in 1998. Well, last time I looked at my calendar, it said 2019. <laughs> well, I was going to say a stock like Coca-Cola or Hershey's, they have to, in order to grow. You're right; they have to go into R and D, but if primarily non-organic growth that will uh, move them forward, isn't it? No, it's orga- organic growth is going to have to move them forward uh, sooner or later. You're going to have to have that. But also, you can work on profit margins. You can work on running leaner. Uh, that's a good thing. You can establish market share. You can come out with new products. Yeah, but but to devi- design a new formula for a, a beverage is not like making an autonomous car. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, I, no, no and, doubt. And a lot of it's marketing. I mean, tremendous amount of it is name brand recognition. That's another thing that's hard to build up over a short time period. Oh, it's oh, impossible. I, you know what? Uh, I got to run. I hear the music that started to play, and I got a caller on hold. I'm, I apologize about that. Thanks. You Thank too. Bye. And I'm sorry about the caller. If you want to call me in the office, you can, or I'll stay here and take the phone after the. Uh, uh, show ends. You've been listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon to 1420. The answer. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420. The answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.